Well, it's 5.35 in the morning. I just got up. I didn't sleep very well last night. I had a anxiety dream, as I do often going back to school. I was trying to teach class, but it was in person and face-to-face, but it was in the family room of my childhood home, and I was trying to get a DVD player to work for my students, but it was broken, it didn't work, so I was struggling to do that, and then I finally got it to work, but then a student that I had last year who was a lot of trouble showed up and he messed with it and it broke. And uh, so then I tried to like write a referral to the office and send him to see the vice principal, but of course there's no office now. So then I was trying to figure out what to do about that since there's no office with virtual learning. And then I gave up and I just decided to take a shower and, you know, well, the kids were just sitting in that family room classroom of mine and so I felt a little bad about it, but I finished my shower and then I realized that I had to do something in the front yard. So I went outside in my underwear into the front yard of my childhood home to do something. And then somebody realized that there was I wasn't there and sent the kids out of class and they started coming out the front door into the front yard where I was in my underwear. And so I ran to go hide so they wouldn't see me. For the past five months, I've been talking with teachers and students across the U.S. about their remote learning experiences, so I thought it was only fair that I turn the microphone around and do a little experiment. I recorded one whole day to see what my life was like during remote school. What happened was predictable. The unexpected happened. Stick around to find out what went down. This is Change the Narrative, the podcast about innovation in education and the workplace. I'm your host and tour guide, Michael Hernandez. Thanks to Adobe Education for supporting this episode of Change the Narrative. Join the new Adobe Creative Educator Program for educators in every subject area and grade level. Level 2 training begins September 30th. Find out more. Visit edx.adobe.com slash adobecreativeeducator. So it's 6.30, I'm off for my morning run. I've been running every day since COVID hit and we started remote school, mostly to keep my sanity, but also because I can't sit at a desk all day. It drives me crazy. Hopefully I'll relieve some stress and be healthier. So if I do get sick, I'll recover faster. It looks like as of today, I have run 630 miles so far this year. I never considered myself to be a runner before, um, but here we are. I don't know, 630 miles seems like a long ways. Um, I guess it's just put one foot in front of the other and one mile after the next, and before you know it, you're hundreds of miles down the road. Okay, sitting down to start class the last minute, I realized that I uh, sent the wrong link for a student uh, to watch a video. Um, 
And now my plan for today had to be switched to the last minute <laughs> rookie move. <laughs> uh, so I've been scrambling to get stuff ready. Class on Zoom starts in like 30 seconds. So I'm going to go ahead and log into that. Hey, you guys. How are you? Welcome back, you guys. Good to see you. All right, let's bring everybody a minute to sign in here. So it's good to see you guys again. Um, just wanted to let you know that uh, I just posted two new assignments this morning just before class on Classroom. So we're gonna talk about those today. It's gonna be fun. It's your first big project, so I'm really excited for that. And I realized that I posted accidentally the wrong link to the video for you guys to watch. Uh, it was experimental video. So um, I apologize for that, my bad. I was just fast and furious with copying and pasting and it just messed up. So sorry about that. Um, but now you know about experimental film. <laughs> uh, that's what we're doing in the advanced class. And then it's sort of ironic because even though it's like those bright, rich colors that we see in the background, the reds, the blues, the yellows, right? It's almost like reality is like the scary part of life, right? It's sort of ironic uh, use of color here. Do you guys know another movie that does this where like dream and reality are like color in black and white? I forgot what it was called, but then Wizard of Oz. Yep, The Wizard of Oz, yeah. right? And do you remember that? Like, which, uh, was it the reality or the dream that had color? The dream. The dream had color. So Dorothy in real life was black and white. And that's the reverse of this student project that we're looking at, right? Think about when the film was made, like in the 1930s. And color film was brand new when they made The Wizard of Oz, right? So the audience would have come into the movie expecting a black and white movie because all movies were black and white. That was reality. Sort of interesting. And also maybe thinking about like her fantasy is more interesting than real life. Real life might be boring. Okay. I think I'm going to send it now, though. Okay, you think it's the way you need it? Uh-huh. Okay. I have That's good. What time did you tell her that you're going to um, be available? Oh, I didn't say. I just said, do you have times that work best for you? Well, maybe you should also offer, like, what times you're free to, like, okay. after 2 o'clock or whatever it is, right? I am free after 2 o'clock, 2 p.m. Why don't you tell me? It's your schedule. I think so. Okay. Wait, I have to check my schedule because I interviewed, I uh, scheduled some other interviews for certain times. So that was just between classes. Uh, my daughter, Maya, who is also my student, was composing an email to a school board member about a story that they're working on to diversify curriculum in the English department. So it's about 10 a.m., I am on my prep period, which is a period that we get set aside to uh, get some work done. So in those first two meetings today, which is actually two classes combined into one class period, that's really convenient. Um, I got a bunch of feedback from the kids, so I am making some changes and finding some resources that I can upload to our Google Classroom so that they can um, understand their project better. 
Luckily, I have a couple of examples already done. I just haven't put them in the right place for them. Normally, I would show them in class, so uh, that's what I'm working on right now. And then I will face emails in a little bit. Okay, it's on to the onslaught of email while those videos upload. First is scheduling a booster club meeting. So um, we're gonna have a meeting this afternoon to talk about um, the ask for the parents and our budget and all that fun stuff. But that's definitely one of the hats I have to wear too is uh, fundraising. All right, I just finished lunch, which was kind of actually leisurely. Normally in school, I would have maybe 10 minutes to grab some food, jam it down my gullet between classes and answering questions for kids and going to the bathroom. Um, so I got to sit outside of my patio and have lunch. So that was nice and relaxing. So now I'm about to start class. This is my third class of the day and my final one for the day. So this is my photography class and we're gonna debrief on um, an assignment. I just wanna, this is a discussion for us to kind of think about it since that's what we're here to do, uh, is learn how to see. Cause you think like, well, of course I see. I look, my eyes are open. I see every, all the time. Um, I would beg to differ. I think that we look a lot, but we don't actually see. I think the difference maybe is that Looking is a very surface description, but seeing is more about understanding, right? And so we need to figure out how can we understand something? How can we, in this case, you know, images um, or by extension, other people and the actions that other people make in the world. You know, I think it's really important for us to be able to figure that out. So um, let's start by uh, just diving into that first. I'm just going to share screen here and we'll take a look at um, this first image here and number one on the assignment. But isn't that crazy? Like you guys are looking again at the exact same image, but how come you saw something completely different? And what was interesting is most of you saw the young woman rather than the old one. I wonder if it's because your age. You're just inclined to see that because that's what's around you or you look like that maybe. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder if it's because if you look like that, you interpret the image to be the same as you. Um, what happens if, like if it's an image, like it's a photograph, like we did the other day, it's like, oh, okay, here's a picture, it's, it's cool, let's take a look, oh, that's a great interpretation. What if I show you an image of a graph or a chart of COVID statistics and the rate of infection and the deaths? It's an image and you see something completely different. What's the problem now? You could misinterpret the data. And then, right, and then what would happen as a result of that, possibly? Could make a bad decision or something. You could make a bad decision of your own life, right, or your family's life. You could make a bad decision with who you vote for. That affects potentially millions of other people. So the stakes get a lot higher, you see? So right now it's just an innocent, like, parlor game, right? Here we are looking at this silly image. But it has really in, in profound you know, impact on other people, right? What does this image tell us? Oh. Uh-oh. All right, Zoom just crashed. That's nice. Oh, goodness gracious. 
What the? <clears throat> oh, I lost my Wi-Fi. I noticed that it was it was a photography project, but it also seemed like a psychology project in a way too, which photography and psychology weirdly go hand in hand a lot, which I've come to notice, like because they were told that he is blank, they then base their perception of him and how they were going to present him to the viewer as that like insert x here you know mm -hmm. yeah absolutely isn't that interesting did you guys notice that like the way that they took the picture changed even though you think a photograph is supposed to be completely objective right but it's not you're making a lot of subjective choices about the angle the lighting what he's wearing what's in the background and then thinking about you know last few months with the black lives matter protests and all that stuff there's a lot of confusion out there depending on where you come from, what your experience is, what your story is, right? And we all have a story that we've been told. And guess what? It might not be true, right? So we have to start thinking about that. Like, is the story I'm getting the full picture? No pun intended. <laughs> okay, it's three o'clock. Um, just had a meeting with the Booster Club, and now it's time for a little coffee. Need a little afternoon boost to make it through the rest of the night, I think. So I just had my Booster Club meeting. Uh, it took about 40 minutes to have that meeting, talking about budget. So one of the hats I have to wear also is fundraising, because the district doesn't pay for any of our equipment. And uh, I'm really fortunate that we live in a neighborhood where the parents can donate and help us fundraise. But um, just another thing I got to add to the pot. It's too bad that they can't, the school can't provide equipment. You know, the kids need like laptops or software or anything like that. Everybody has to, is expected to bring their own. And so some of the students are not able to have the right technology or they have a Chromebook that doesn't run the software that we need. And so that puts the kids at a disadvantage. So even though we, work in a school district that's in a fairly affluent neighborhood, we still don't have a consistent technology plan or funding in place. I guess the community just has other priorities. You know, our athletic fields are pristine. They're building a $39 million sports facility complex, but you know, the kids don't have the appropriate technology and the teachers aren't trained how to use it. So sort of interesting what the priorities are. So what would you say are like the top three benefits of remote learning? Oh, one of the top things that I like about it is that you don't have to waste as much time in class because a lot of the time, like the whole school day, I would just zone out in most of my classes because their teachers are giving lectures and 
I don't know what they were doing, but I was just zoning out in all my classes because I don't think we were getting anything productive done before remote learning you wouldn't have time because of sports and all the activities after school and then you would never have any time to complete your homework so now there's a lot of that extra time to complete your homework on time complete your projects on time and more productive time doing things that you love instead of just sitting in class doing nothing um the boring part of school is that you're constantly filling out worksheets and doing assignments that just go to your teacher and they're graded and then they go nowhere after that and I feel like making projects that you send out like on Instagram or on YouTube where people can see them and can be affected by them is more fun to do those types of assignments because they're actually having an impact on people and it gives you a sense of purpose instead of just being a robot and filling out worksheets that go nowhere. I bet a lot of teachers and maybe a lot of parents would probably think that worksheets are the, the only way to learn stuff, right? Like just repeat and write stuff down. Like what do you, what do you think about that? Well, it's not. I learn when I do projects. I think I learn more when I'm doing projects for my classes. Than when I fill out a worksheet because when I fill out a worksheet I I don't even know I feel like I'm not even there why do you care so much about having an impact on other people well it gives you a sense of purpose I guess you could say why is that because you've attended some of like some protests and some marches and stuff and maybe that's kind of part of a version of that but um why does it matter to you to like you know have other people see these ideas or stories that you're talking about or the Diverse Voices project that you're working on? Well, it can have the person who is looking at your project think about whatever that topic was in more depth and be like, huh, I never thought about it this way. And they gain a new perspective that they weren't able to access before, which I think is really helpful when just their understanding of the world, I guess. So... Uh, I noticed, like, as your dad, seeing you every other week or so, um, that you seemed kind of depressed this summer, kind of bummed out. Would you say that's a fair assessment? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Why are you laughing? It's just funny. <laughs> What's funny? I don't know. Um, well, I was doing summer school, so... I was just trying to finish that, and I didn't really have any projects or anything that I was working on that I was passionate about and excited to do, and then I also wasn't exercising, and then, uh, yeah, the world is, like, ending, so <laughs> I was depressed about that. I mean, there's, like, basically... You know, California's on fire, and there's Donald Trump, and the Black Lives Matter protests, mm -hmm. and there's a lot going on, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, easy to be down about the world right now, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. But you seem like, in the last week or two since school started, you have a lot more energy. It seems like um, you seem a lot more optimistic. Yeah, because I have multiple projects for, well, I have the two projects for broadcast journalism that I'm working on. 
that have to do with like diversity. And then I also have my sustainable living club. And so I just feel like I'm obligated, not like obligated, but I just feel like I need to do something about it. I've been sitting around all summer, not doing anything like I didn't go to the Black Lives Matter protests because I was afraid of coronavirus. Like, I really wanted to go, but I was scared. Like, I haven't done anything all summer about it. And so I feel the need to do something, especially in our school, because no, a lot of people don't understand. I've been thinking about remote work and remote school and a lot of people, so many people are, are so stressed out by it and I get it. <laughs> it's all new. Uh, there's so many changes. We don't know. There's so many uncertainties, but there's actually so many benefits to this. There's so many silver linings in this situation. I mean, let's think about it. I mean, as a teacher, like I get to go to the bathroom whenever I want now. <laughs> You know, whereas before I couldn't, you know, I can have a healthy meal for lunch and eat it in more than 10 minutes. I have daylight because my classroom at school has no windows. I don't have to commute an hour and a half every day. I can use that time to sleep or exercise or be productive. You know, it's more relaxed. The, the pacing is more humane. Um, you know, thinking about that anxiety dream that I had, dealing with classroom management issues and suspending kids and sending them for like discipline issues down to the office and are they tardy and keeping track of them and scolding them for not sitting in their chair all day. I mean, can you do that? I mean, all of these problems are now gone. Like I don't have to deal with those anymore and the kids don't have to deal with them. How many school shootings have there been since we've been on remote school? Right? So... Maybe it's not that there's a problem with the kids. Maybe it's a problem with school. Because we kind of run it like a jail. The bell rings and we tell you when you can go to the bathroom. We tell you when you can eat. We tell you you have to sit in a chair. You know, we're going to do these rote memorization worksheets. Right? Who wouldn't be bored and rebel and like just get distracted? Right? Um, so it's really sort of a wake-up call. Sort of a, a nice disruption. It's painful for sure, but to make us really wake up and realize, hey, maybe we weren't doing it so well before. And maybe technology can be a productive tool after all, and not just a quote unquote distraction. Because the kids were distracted before, they just weren't using <laughs> technology, right? So um, I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of opportunities here for us to really rethink what we teach, how much time we spend lecturing, um, how we evaluate our students, do we respect them as, as human beings and help them like take ownership of their learning? You know, they have to keep track of their own schedule. I talked to my daughter this afternoon and she was talking about having to schedule all these interviews and emails and keeping track of her assignments and stuff. And, you know, it's, we've got to trust our students that I think they are capable of doing a lot more than, than we think if we just give them the opportunity and we trust them. And uh, I think respect goes both ways. So I realize that a lot of teachers don't have the tools they need. Uh, they need more training. Um, and also I think, you know, everybody needs to cut some slack. I think, gosh, just like, I think the biggest concern a lot of parents have is childcare, 
right? Um, they can't get their own work done. And so they need the kids to be in school. I get it. You know, I'm a dad. I, I can't imagine if I had an elementary age uh, daughter, like how hard that would be. Um, at the same time, school is not childcare. <laughs> school is school and you can learn anywhere. Uh, there's many ways to learn, um, not just sitting in a desk for eight hours in a day, you know? Um, and so if we really rethink um, what's the purpose of school? Is it about passion? Is it about learning uh, uh, new ideas? Is it about um, ownership, uh, creating something that's tangible, that has an impact? And I think Maya summed it up really well that do we have purpose behind the learning? Is there a point to it? You know, um, it's a lot, it's easy for me to say because the classes that I teach are project-based to begin with, but why not? write a blog or create a website or a social media campaign around a subject that you're studying uh, to have an impact. I mean, people are hungry for that and we need that in our world right now. So let's engage the world and, you know, leverage the student passions and the interest to teach them things that might on the surface seem dry and boring and irrelevant to them. They really are relevant. They just don't see the connection yet. So anyway, I'm hopeful that all this disruption really gets us to rethink our role as teachers, as facilitators, rather than, you know, fonts of information, um, as students, as like collaborators um, and passionate humans that can go out and change the world. It's 10 o'clock and I'm getting ready for bed finally. Uh, just finished up some prep work, some assignments for my art class, uh, doing, getting some new resources ready, uh, finding some inspiration. Oh, man, <laughs> what a day. <laughs> so we had the power go out in the middle of the day, so that was fun in the middle of a Zoom meeting. Uh, lost that, um, and then we had to go get dinner because we couldn't cook. Uh, luckily, we had uh, chargers for our phones, and we could survive for a couple hours until the power came back on, but... Um, Never seems to end, right? Always some kind of obstacle. Yeah, so uh, it's tough, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess I'm lucky that I'm employed. I'm healthy. Um, my kids are fantastic and amazing and ridiculous and inspiring. And I don't know, the, the kids keep me going. I don't know. Um, I could, even through the Zoom call, sort of since... The energy uh, and the buy-in, I think, you know, maybe it's just me projecting, but I think that uh, the kids crave structure. They, they crave routine. They, they crave school. They like being together. They like learning ideas. And uh, I'm just really lucky that I can be there to be part of that. So going to get some rest and um, start it all over again tomorrow. Good night. If you like the podcast, rate us and write us a review. It helps people find us. And don't forget to sign up for our monthly email newsletter. You can find the details on our website, changethenarrative.net. Music in this episode is by Rose City Kings and Ara Lee, recorded by KBU FM in Portland, Oregon. <laughs>